and welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. I'm back again, hosting as always, and joined as always by Christopher Keane. How are you? Going well, my man. Week two, we're away for season two. Pod, how are you feeling, mate? Oh, I'm feeling fantastic. You threw to me this week. Last week, yeah. you left me for dead. You're well, feeling um, welcome. Very, very good. That's what we do. We adapt. Um, we learn from mistakes. But 228 days in lockdown, you wouldn't know it listening to us, jovial humans. I'm ready. Let's well, go. Of course, we're up and about. There were uh, some nice results that went our way this week for 66% of the people talking here. But uh, we'll get into that, I think with some of our reviews and previews for the week. And before we do any of that, let's start with the news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. We'll cross now to our resident doctor. Take it away, Hod. Well, I've, I've sort of expanded my repertoire. I'm now reading the EDL League news as well as the injuries. So uh, Latavius Murray straight into action for the Ravens last week and mm. looks to have a significant role. Um, if we go back to the start of the off season, it would have been Dobbins as the one and Edwards as the two, both with significant roles. And it looks like Murray will have that Gus Edwards role and Tyson Williams, what an electric start for him, um, looks to have that Dobbins role. So I think this will be a nice one-two punch, boys. What do you think? Yeah, it looks that way at the start. It was an interesting one if you watched it. Like it was... It was all Tyson Williams to start in the first half. And then really after half time, it was a lot of Latavius Murray. So whether that's got something to do with pass blocking situations or they were just wanting to ease Latavius in a bit more, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, the likelihood is there's probably going to be a split, isn't there? I, d- I just think the biggest question out of this is, will Matty Mack start to fall in love with Latavius Murray the way he does with Gus Edwards, will he be searching for some Latavius on his roster? <laughs> he uh, very well maybe. He loves Gus. I, My God. I was pretty surprised considering when Latavius got signed. Um, how many days before the game was he signed? Two days. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't many days and he got a fair bit of work for someone who, yeah, he did. who just joined the roster two days ago. Um, so my biggest worry, because we've got him in another league, uh, old Tyson, um, my biggest worry is Latavius taking goal line carries, but looking at that and the usage that he got in that second half, I'm I'm kind of thinking that he might take a bit more than just goal line carries. Might get a fair bit of the, mm. the workload there, but we will wait and see. Watch this space. Will Fuller, what a name that is for the straight cash homies. He <laughs> returns from suspension. Um, sensing it will be a weekly audition for potential trade packages from Timos. So another watch this space in the league news, um, but an interesting development, interesting Keeney's word of the millennium is uh, Trey Sermon. Uh, what, what are our thoughts on this boys? He had a promising off season projected quite firmly as the number two back behind most of it. And then, a no-show in week one, and now we have the emergence of Elijah Mitchell. How do you, let's go to you, Keeney, how do you see this one playing out? Well, I think this one's uh, interesting, as you say, Hod. Um, the appeal the appeal of, of having a running back in that Shanahan offense is so high, but the 
certainty in, in which to, to play them is, is pretty low week on week. So um, it's always a dilemma, but if you can hit on one, you know you're going to produce some really good value there. Um, there's a, a few theories floating around that kind of Sermon was more um, the, the RB2, but doesn't really contribute in special teams and they didn't want to stash too many running backs uh, or make too many running backs active for the game. And once most of it was obviously locked in as the RB1, um, they didn't really need to play Trey Sermon or suit him up. So maybe in week two, now that most it's gone, maybe it does fall over to, to Sermon. I still think Elijah Mitchell will be, will be a big piece of it because he was he looked really good in fairness. Um, so, you know, um, Jermichael Hasty played a little bit as well. Um, so they're probably the three at the moment. But gee whiz, good luck picking it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm with you a bit hard in what you were saying off air before. A little bit of Shanahan's just the classic coach who goes with the hot hand and doesn't care about where your status was, where you were drafted. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell gets a fair run at it to start with. And then Sermon, you know, I have no doubt will start to show that talent and then ease his way into that role. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There is definitely a, an ego side to Shanahan and because his system's so strong, he, I think he likes taking an undrafted free agent or a, um, low pick in the draft and making them something and just showing everyone how good the system is. So yeah. is there a segue there for a recently dropped Trenton Cannon who Ooh, just got yeah. signed by the Niners? That could be an interesting drop well, by the DFF. That does that does fall into your into your theory um, mm. of Shanahan just, you know, showing everyone how good the scheme is over the actual personnel. But speaking of the DFF's decision to drop Trenton Cannon, Hod, he's a man of mystery, this bloke. I tell you what, he's got, for everyone out there who doesn't realize, he's got an extra bench spot. So he's got, he's got an available bench spot. Um, so he doesn't have enough players, obviously, to fill that, his, his full allotment on the bench. The, um, on, you know, Tuesday morning, he drops Trenton Cannon. So I, I, I was sitting there going, well, DFS going to have a good old swipe at the waiver wire here. Maybe fill two spots that he's got. Didn't even put a bid in. So, <laughs> so now he just sits with two extra bench spots. I'm just trying to work out, Ben, why would you drop someone if you you just hold him? What's the what's the downside? Only theory I can think of here, and I don't know if the DFF's smart enough to even think of it like this, is that the uh, the seeding when you don't make the playoffs is off potential points. And if you've got less people on the bench, there's less potential for your bench to outscore your starting lineup. But uh, I don't think dropping blokes who were probably projected to score ones and twos is going to make a huge difference. But for his team, it could. Who knows? Well, yeah. I've also got a theory on the DFF and he's always struggled to fill two spots. So there's no point <laughs> uh, carrying on about it any further. We'll go to the medical report, the injuries here. Keeney, do you want to add in before we go? Yeah, just one one minor comment. Um, we touched on it last week that Mark Andrews got a four-year extension with Baltimore. Just want to congratulate Steve instead of Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's a good because point. <laughs> he's actually on Steve's team. So, how good well done to Steve. How good as well that all three of us didn't even pick up on that. We just all carried on. But uh, I can't wait we- also to see how many dollars the DFF drops on Cannon after listening to, uh, to this podcast. He's <laughs> yeah. just going to scramble. Well, um, moving on to those injuries, the most injury-prone player of all time, Raheem Mostert. He's, it's a sad story. He's such a talented back, and now he's, what is he, 30, 29, 30? Um, 
it would be hard for him to come back from this, but a, a meniscus out for the season, they've gone the the best option you can. He, they, they originally said eight weeks and manage it, but um, if he does want another shot, um, this is the best route to go. Jerry Judy, a disappointing one for you, Ben. High ankle sprain, mm-hmm. um, usually six to eight weeks. I did see four to six today, so we'll split it down the middle, probably a six-week absence. Yep. Given it looked like he snapped his ankle in half, yeah. probably a good result, Ben. Yeah, but didn't look good. Absolutely agree. It's a good result that it wasn't a break because it did look like his bloody foot broke underneath him as he fell. Um, I don't know. High ankle sprains are one of those weird ones, though, that even when they come back, they're never quite as explosive. And then you're stuck with that awkward thing of do you play him or, you know, who knows? So I hope that they, I hope that they rest him up a bit and don't try and rush him back. Because mm. he looked good. A... He actually looked good with Teddy. Oh yeah, they, he's they a gun, mate. He's very talented receiver. Moving on to another one of your receivers, uh, OBJ, already ruled out for week two with that knee. Um, so that's lingering yeah. uh, longer than what you'd like. And um, we were just talking about it with who Who are you going to fill in the spot? Yeah, it's mm. getting a bit thin now with Judy and, and him now. It'll have to be Ayuk and we'll wait and see. We'll have to watch that space. But um, I read about the OBJ one. I was wondering if that is like a setback, but it's more just to get... Um, to get him along, you know, for, for the following week and to give more reps to the, the wide receivers underneath him in practice is why they called it so early. Yeah, okay. Because I was wondering with that with him, just because when it came through that he was missing week one against the Chiefs, that was a big surprise. Like everyone internally or everyone reporting for the Browns expected him to go week one. And now he's out again week two. I just... I didn't know if that was a, a setback or not, but it sounds like it may not be. I think so the, week, the week one was they were going to call it on game day, see how it was feeling in the warm-ups or whatever. So I think they came out and said it wasn't a setback. It was more just, you know, they, they'd rather take the precautionary route, I think, this year mm-hmm. than try and rush him back, which is fair enough. A couple of minor ones. Zach Ertz, hamstring. Um, I think that was very much precautionary given they were blowing out the Falcons. Um, not a huge name, but he does impact um, Godert. So... Um, one to watch there. And Josh Jacobs, he is out with every injury you can imagine um, <laughs> out of practice today, apparently. I think I think it was diagnosed as everything. That's how it came through on, on Sleeper. Everything. It's the best. Designation. <laughs> Just, so, you're out with everything. Sorry, mate. Another monitor for the week there. Um, but Jim has um, Kenyon Drake there as the backup, who was heavily involved in that passing game, right. as, we, as we thought. He looks very different. 23 in the... The uh, silver and black. Uh, another one I we haven't put here, but he is a much uh, talked about player on this podcast. But Saquon Ben, he's mm. uh, got to back it up. He wasn't very involved. Eleven touches last week, easing him in, and I wouldn't have thought there'd be too many on a five-day um, trip between. What What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I watched obviously that game, and it was pretty obvious that they were just limiting his snaps. Um, when he was in, he didn't look slow, didn't look like he was sort of struggling with that. So I think it's more just them, once again, being ultra precautious um, because if he goes down, we're pretty much done for the year on offense. I don't think you can heavily rely on Daniel Jones without a solid running game to uh, to get us win. So I, yeah, I, I think um, we're probably isn't a surprise that they're going to limit his snaps again, but it's not like Booker was looking particularly fantastic behind him. He did take a pretty good catch, but that was about all he did. 
Mm, I, th- I, I don't think it can be understated. Uh, a lot of the talk was, well, just wait till week three, week four. But getting him the reps um, does a lot for the mental side. So if he can get through unscathed and then gets a 10-day break, I think you'll see a much more involved Saquon for week three. Keeney, yeah, you going to give us an update on uh, where yeah, Saquon's just, at? I'll give, I'll give a, a weekly update. of, of uh, Obviously, we, we need Saquon. Or sorry, there's one person that needs it, but um, Saquon top five. Just a quick update: running back fifty-two at the moment. So we'll just keep you abreast of that throughout <laughs> the year, over and out. Or k- give us a give us an update while you're there on the the eliminator pool. Oh, why, why don't no. you Why don't you start there, well, Katie? Yeah, go, mate. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, she was Scooter. Me and so th- for those that don't know, myself and Scooter. Um, tipped Scooter to knock Jimmer off in, in week one of the Eliminator pool. Everyone else had, I think, myself or Matt or Steve were the other three selections that people took. So well done to the other 10 league members who are still alive going into week two. Um, another reminder, get them in or else, you know, you'll be eliminated. So that's it. You, but she was disappointing first up effort from me. It really was. <laughs> so came, up with the, came up with the idea and I'm out in week one. <laughs> um. So, yeah, as it stands right now, there's still two people yet to put their, their tips in for this week. So two people could be eliminated just without even having a go. But, Keeney, just before we move on, I really want to uh, pose this question to you because you're you're the type of bloke who, who loves to have a strategy. You don't just go into things blindly. You love to really sort of plan things out ahead. Now, knowing that the rules of this competition were that you could only pick each team once, I have a feeling that you didn't just look at week one in isolation – how many weeks ahead do you reckon you looked for your uh, eliminator pick here? Yeah, look, um, probably looked a, f- a few weeks ahead. It was probably more that I was I was wanting to hold back picking Matt um, or myself, who I think have better matchups down the line. That was kind of what I what I was looking at doing. But then once I kind of settled on who else I could pick. I completely overanalyzed week one. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, Scooter's got, you know, Scooter's got um, Aaron Rodgers receivers. And, you know, if even if Aaron Rodgers goes off, so will Adam. So I, I think Scooter's got him, no chance. And yeah, standard Keno. Yeah. You should so have just gone with the, uh, the Camo approach, which is just pick your opponent and hope for the best. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see if, if Camo goes with Scooter this week based on week one. Who knows? I uh, I do have the results here of what people oh. have picked, and and he may have gone down that route again. So, interesting. Watch this space. As it stands right now, there is uh, only three different teams that have been selected. So, still uh, a bit diverse, which means that there's a chance that people could get knocked out as well this week. But uh, let us move on, shall we, to our weekly reviews. <laughs> What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. And with week one in the book, it means that we've actually got results that we can talk about, not just absolute fucking nonsense like we have for the last few months. So, uh, first game up, we had Park City Lions scoring a 187.28, defeating the Straight Cash Homies 136.94. Uh, another matchup here was... The Johnny Unitas Haircuts defeating the San Diego Demons 127 to 116. The Grouse defeating the Humdiggers 151 to 115. And Prestige Worldwide uh, defeating DFF 179 to 98. Talk about a percentage booster for Thais. My goodness. Um, Good defense. 
So, oh, actually, there's still two oh. more games. I need to scroll to the next page, apparently. How's that? <laughs> so, there was also Jim City Stallions. This was a big one. 119.88, defeating the uh, the very vocal Bayside Executioners, 104.74. He is well and truly bitter about that one. And finally, Pappas Punishers. This is another great one uh, in terms of rivalries. Pappas Punishers, 179.82. Massive score defeating OJ's legal team, the reigning champ, 142. I bet you Papa wished that that's how the final week of last season went down, but he'll have to just settle for uh, the season opener of this season. Boys, what are your mm. thoughts on any of these matchups here? What are some takeaways? Well, a little bit of minor redemption there for, for Papa. He'd been running his gob most of the uh, preseason. He was confident and um, good on him. Came out with the the win. But on the flip side, Jake Hodd has been extremely quiet this week. We haven't really heard from the, the reigning champ, have we? Hold no, on. We I think but... I've, I've got him on the line right now. Hold on. Oh, there he is. Hey, uh, we, is. we may hear from the champ a little later on. Just giving you a sneak Ooh, peek there. Tease, a mid-pod tease. Love it. Mm. <laughs> I think we also need to um, discuss and congratulate you, Ben, for breaking the league scoring record. Now, it's only obviously going on uh, a year and one game, but still to put up a 187, um, just pipping Matt's old score um, in week one. And considering you had a zero from... Um, Ayuk, which was you know, obviously one of your better receivers as well. That 200 mark will be cracked at some point this year. I have no doubt of that. Uh, no doubt about that at all. Um, probably the only other things from your game, you know, obviously you came out of it with with Judy and Beckham. Um, Judy obviously getting injured. We've touched on that, and Beckham's still a bit of an unknown. Um, and I think for Timos, even though he got the loss, his te- his team's still really strong. Um, certainly, his starting lineup is, and I think Kyla Murray kind of looking at how he went on the the weekend against Tennessee is poised to be the QB one this year, I think. Mm, he looks good. Um, yeah, there, oh there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about Murray and, you know, a bit more to that injury last year that he was maybe carrying in the second half of the year. So if he can stay healthy, could be a fantasy juggernaut, but just looking through the games, there's not, not a whole lot of talking points really. It was pretty low output from, um, Johnny Unitas haircuts and the San Diego Demons. They're two of the teams that, you know, the league saw in the top half, if you like, or close to it. So pretty low from there. Uh, nothing to talk about with the grouse and the humdingers. We'll move on from that. The, <laughs> um, but what we will maybe touch on is Scooter. We You did mention that he's pretty vocal and vocal in the forms of pictures. Um, <laughs> has anyone seen the guillotine or has Scoot popped his head in at himself and just... But he knocked himself. I don't. I don't know what's oh, yeah. going on. Yeah, I, don't I like think that he... catchphrase though. Has anyone seen the guillotine? That, that <laughs> yes, very nice. That was uh, unintentional. Um, but uh, yeah, not not a whole lot on the games. Not a lot to go through. Look, I'll, I'll just sort of point out. Um, you know, getting a win when you score under one thirty is always going to be a nice one that you bank. So I'm sure that that Manny's going to be happy with that one. Um, however, it is going to be a little bit, we, we pointed out his second running back positions a little bit suspect and he did run with Booker who, what did he score under two? Was it? 1.8. 1.8. Yeah. So, um, and not a lot of other options on there. So uh, he'll definitely be looking to figure that one out. 
speaking of teams who scored a win under 130, the Stallions. I did ask for any commentary for Jim, and he's just taking any stride. He's quietly confident, I think, about the uh, the Stallions this year. But I will go back to Scoot. Um, a couple of rumours flying around that a few teams have approached him after week one for a couple of assets. Uh, is he in rebuilding mode already, Scoot? He's, he might be the new Green Bay Packers of this oh. year. What, what do you think? Well, the first thing I think is you're stepping on my week two preview. But apart, <laughs> apart, apart from that, um, yeah, it's interesting. He was quick to shut that down, though, wasn't he? He was quick to say, "Look, I'm still, I'm still here. Don't forget about me. I'm not selling all my assets off just yet after a poor week one." I think we have to remember that, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick getting injured in the start of the second quarter didn't help his cause. Obviously, putting up less than one. Be a super flex position is never going to do yourself any favours. But, um, you know, I think he'll bounce back. I think also his projected score as well was something like 100. His perfect score was like 159 or something. So, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Fitzpatrick there, um, it is very surprising that a member from the Papa Springs Punishers wasn't the first player to break a hip this year. Um, <laughs> Scoot's, Scoot's taken that one with Fitzpatrick, and he, he's a bit light on in the quarterback room, Scoot. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to have some future assets I'm, from that team. I'm, I'm I, don't know, I don't know, just a little I'm, segue. I'm getting a sense. Who's got his, hod that you're, who's got his future uh, first? Yeah, who's got oh, that? I don't know. I'm, I can't explain that. I'm not sure. <laughs> So are you are you um, uh, are you saying Hod that you're expecting to hear the new theme song for the executioners to be this all year? I think uh, I think Matt Sheehan has a bit too much pride for that, but maybe we'll readdress it after week two. <laughs> well, actually, a, a pretty good segue from that um, that little that little sound grab, Ben. It's one thing that really did catch my interest in week one, and it may have gone past quite a few league members, but um, we, we spoke about the DFF. What did he put up? 98.62. 98.62, so yeah. For those playing at home, that's nine of his last 12 uh, efforts in the EDL. He scored under 100, so, oh boy. Um, mm. The other thing I saw was Russell Gage getting the start over, over Jalen Waddle, who just sits on his taxi squad. Now, he's, we've mentioned already that he's got a couple of spare bench spots. Um, any like you're not dropping Jalen Waddle next year. Uh, any danger of just elevating him and maybe playing him, or are, are we already in kind of tank mode for maybe, year two? Maybe Steph is letting on a little bit more than what we realise, and maybe he is going with that little approach of just keeping his points for as low as possible. So sticking someone like Waddle to marinate on his taxi squad might actually be not a bad move if he's not planning to win many games this year. But I um yeah sorry hot go. I just think, yeah, you might be crediting the DFF's mind a bit too much here. <laughs> I, um, yeah, this is the, the new, I mean, the DFF loves to sing your song every year, but I've got a recording of the new song for this year for the DFF. <laughs> it's pretty much what pumps up his players before a game each week. <laughs> but let's move on to the power ranking, shall we? That's the power of love. Ooh, gets you up and about that song. Um, all right. Well, talk about talk about uh, re- overreactions. 
uh, shall we say, from the power rankings last week to this week. My goodness, does one week make a difference for some of these rankings. Uh, We'll kick it off with the bottom third here. And DFF still holding that number 12 spot there, so no real changes here. But Hod, just an absolute free fall all the way down to number 11 for you, mate, for the Humdingers. How do you feel about that? Uh, feel pretty good executing a plan and it's going to plan. <laughs> um, wh- where, what do you mean free fall? I wasn't that high. I think you were seventh. It's a no, big, big fall. I, I think, I think I was eight or eighth, wasn't I? That's, that's um, pretty far off. Seven. Certainly it's a, it's a middle third and into a bottom third. Yeah, dropping a tier. That's right. Drop it, dropping at rapid pace. That's right. Well, uh, and then at number 10, the San Diego demons sitting there and, uh, after a win, after notching up a huge victory, the Jim City Stallions just sitting there at number nine in that bottom third. So he'll be looking to gallop his way out, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> what uh, I, uh, sorry, before you go, Keeney, uh, what has just, I don't think you've mentioned it, but the bottom thirdrant is the whole Sonny Weaver Junior Division. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> Yeah, yes, Jesus. we are holding up the league. How good Where is that? But uh, it's it's good if you're a part of it. I'll tell you that much. Mm. So That's one of those it. one of those teams is making the playoffs, is what you're saying? Yeah, yes. we'll we'll Fantastic. call it the NFC East. <laughs> yeah, for pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, onto the onto the middle third, we've got OJ's legal team pretty much stabilising his position after a. A pretty decent score in week one. Didn't get the chocolates, but still put up a decent score. Now, a bit of a free faller here with uh, Scooter and the Bayside Executioners dropping all the way down to seven. I think some people had him certainly in the in the top uh, echelon last week or before the season started. Only one week, but he drops down to number seven. Um, Steve and, and his sensible haircut. Comes in at number six, uh, which I think, again, is basically where he was at last week. Um, and here we are, ladies and gents. The time has come and some respect has been put on his name. And uh, and Ben, you might have a bit more to follow up after your love child has <laughs> risen from the ashes, from the bottom third and all the way up to number five after putting up a 179. There he is. Pappas punishes at number five. He's back, ladies and gents. And boy... Boy, oh wow! Oh boy, oh wow! Boy. We would he be happy about it? Uh, all I can say is he hasn't risen up the power rankings. He's actually where he should have been uh, all this time. He he now he's had a week in the books and he's shown people what his team's capable of with Saquon on a snap count, still putting up one seventy. It's a pretty decent score, and I think it just uh, maybe opened some people's eyes a little bit to his team. But I still think there were still some people going, "Now, nah, fucking, I'm still going to give him a love <laughs> yeah. rank." Well, it's there's there may be some strategy with this because hasn't Papa changed his tune? He obviously it was well talked about how unhappy he was with being in the bottom third. And then I did talk to him a bit earlier, and he almost sounded like he wants to stay low and not rated as a bit of motivation, Keeney. So I'm not sure how. Yeah, I'm not sure how this fifth posse is going to sit with him. Who knows? He's a bit of a seesaw. Um, did you have something, Kenny? Well, I just had just a, a, a tiny reveal, Ben, if you don't mind. Um, just Jimmer's 
Jim the, the Stallions and their overreaction with, with Papa? Where where did Jim have Papa last week? And <laughs> where did he place him this week, please? Jim um, hasn't just overreacted with just Papa's punishes. He's, he's a bit all over the shop from last week to this week, but that's fine. He clearly has different uh, ways of ranking it, but he has gone and given... The Papa's Punishers, the number two ranking for this week. So there you have it, Papa. You have risen to the ranks of two in some power rankings. There. Well, I'm not Papa. sure when. I'm not sure when Jim did fill in those power rankings, but I did just get an update from him, and his hands are full with a big paella. So I hope I hope he didn't do it recently because um, he would have had his hands full. I'm not sure how he would have done it. But uh, are we moving on well, before, to... Before yeah. you move on, I mean, we, we did touch a bit on the power rankings last week, talk about variants. Um, Scooter's team, for example, highest rated in the power rankings from someone, he got number four spot. And then the lowest ranking that he got in the power rankings was the number 12 spot. So that is a fair... fair he did give himself the number 12 spot, I will reveal. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> he's just Who he's sending a message earth? to the locker room. Who has put him fourth? That is the talking point. Because there is... I'll, he, I'll keep he going could, He this, could be there sitting is, opposite us right now on the screen. Oh, my God. Gee, wowee, boy, oh, boy. So, <laughs> <laughs> that that answered who, who did it. But the, the top third, how can he sneak into this echelon of smooth movers, we'll call them? Oh, and a bit, yeah. a bit opposite to the Sunny Weaver junior division yeah. in the bottom third round. This is uh, almost full of the Vontae Mac division, um, except for yourself, Ben. But in fourth place is the Grouse. Um, had a very solid win first up, and I think he's got a lot more to give. Uh, Prestige Worldwide sits at three. I think I think it's unchanged now, isn't it? Um, mm. Straight Cash Home is at two, and the Park City Lions at one. That's interesting, the Straight Cash Home is at two, given... Uh, the Prestige Worldwide, the Grouse, Papa's Punishers, all had higher scores. And it was a little bit of a shellacking in the match of the week last week with you, Ben. So um, the league's holding firm with Timos, so he'll be happy with that. Yeah, he definitely didn't get off to the best start on the Thursday night football game with um, Evans putting up a four and Cooper putting up a 32 for me. I think that was uh, a pretty big start to catch up there. But, but also just looking at... Uh, as much as Tim's held on to that second spot, there has been definitely a gap being closed in here and there is a clear tear break, I think, from the number five spot to the number six. So it kind of is, um, well, at the moment, there's probably a gap between one and two, but I think that's just based off purely the result of last week. Get a bit of head wobble here. <laughs> uh, and then Needs a neck brace. A fair, <laughs> there, is a, there is a fair gap between five and six and then a fair gap between, no, it kind of is... There's a fair gap between 11 and 12 as well. So DFF, you're in your own tier at the bottom. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's just an interesting thing to note how this is shaping up in the league's mind there. But we'll move on to our previews. Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, look, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the Geneva Convention. Does, look it up. And uh, with week one in the books, we are going to have a look at our previews here and, you know, our results versus projections. And our projections this week are brought to us by the Master Bait and Tackle Fishing Charters. Uh, make sure you book your fishing charter today when lockdowns ease up. 
preferably. But uh, we'll move into the first matchup here, which is the Humdingers versus the mm. Straight Cash Homies. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Hod obviously coming off a pretty disappointing week there, but as he said, executing his plan. Uh, and then the Straight Cash Homies... Disappointing for what they would have expected out of last week. But we've got old Max Snorkel Jones statement game, I think, out of this one. And if we remember uh, the straight cash homies giving up the draft position for the Humdingers just to swoop in and get Mac Jones. And straight cash homies living a little bit dangerously with only two QBs on his roster this season. And could have had that Mac Jones sealing up the bit of protection there. But he chose to do that big... Uh, huge blockbuster trade where he beefed up his skill positions and got in the likes of CMC. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as the season goes. He'll absolutely obviously be hoping for zero injuries like he got at that position last year. But, um, you know, as we saw even in week one, things can change pretty quickly for rosters. So um, Sleepers just got this as a 2% winning percentage chance for Hod at the moment. So I think that kind of says it all. What did you want to add, Hod? So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> that may be one of the more one-sided sleeper predictions I think we've seen going into of the week. Of all time? Of all time. But um, look, that's it's probably a bit unfair because you've got Raheem Mostert sitting there as your RB2 getting a zero for you. So your score is going to get bumped up a little bit of your projections, Maybe but four. you haven't got much there. <laughs> so we're going to be looking, this is the big talking point of the game, the who he's going to put at RB2. You've got the choice of Tevin Coleman, JJ T- Taylor, or Boston Scott. So uh, can the Dingers have any confidence with any of those three there, Hod? Well, I think I've got as much confidence as Manny does to fill his second RB spots. <laughs> we're, in, we're in pretty similar positions there. But what I will say is thank you to uh, the Sleeper app brought to you by Masturbate and Tackle Fishing Charters because they've actually at least given me a chance because the league hasn't. It's a big fat 0% mm. on the polls there. The only game so. that the league uh, has voted 100% one way to the straight cash homies. And there is a difference of 52 points in the projections this week. So it's a pretty big uh, gap to make up. You're projected just over 100. And uh, Tim Oss is for 160 plus there. So we will wait and see. Keeney, what did you want to add? I just wanted to add, um, probably touched on it before, Ben, but geez... I know it's only one game, but Mac Jones looked outstanding, I thought, um, against Miami. And it could end up being just a really good decision from you, Hod, um, to make that trade. I just think he looks, yeah, as I said, one game sample, but just looks really poised um, in command of the offense and looks to have a really bright and long future. 100% agree. It is the silver lining in in what is a stinky start to the year. But um, <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is... It's eluded me for now. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> must have been oh. good though. <laughs> yeah, must have been. Can't wait when you think. Anyway, again. we'll move on yeah, to the I'll next game. I'll come back. Yeah, jump in when you remember it. But uh, we'll move on to our next game, which is the Pappas Punishers taking on the DFF. Uh, talk about two blokes that love to get in on the chat, and I can just see the light bulb literally lighting up above Hod's head there. Did yeah, you remember I'll, what you were going to say? I'll just jump in. I'll jump in while I remembered. Um. <laughs> How many people have put the eliminator pick in um, at, at this point? Already submitted, locked in. Out of a possible Eight. 10, we've got... Oh, actually, no. The last one's just come through. All 10. 
Beautiful, because if that was any no, insight, sorry, I, think Tim o- I think Tim Oss is pretty uh, home and hose there. So you'd love to have that pick in the eliminator pool this week. Can you can you give the league a little sneak preview of how many have gone, Tim? I, I suspect he may be popular. I can, just with these last two. Now, there's still uh, Matty Mack, no surprise there. He's the last one we're waiting on, so he might actually eliminate himself this week. We will wait and see. Um, we've got, as of this point... <laughs> Who the hell has Manny picked? Oh, okay. So as of this point, we've got two people that have gone for the punishers. We've got three people that have gone for the executioners. They're just backing them back in after a disappointing last week. Ooh, and four people that have guys. gone the straight cash homies. So, um, Wowee. I would have thought it would be more than that. Considering it was the maybe. only game that everyone went one-sided on, but maybe people are sort of keeping Timos in the bank there, like Keeney was trying to do. But Keeney, tell everyone how that strategy works out for you sometimes. Went went really well. And to those three <laughs> members that have picked Scooter, don't... You're fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's, uh, we'll pro- probably get to it, but not a big difference there in the projections. No. It's uh, staggering. <laughs> Just Very... living on the edge. Well, here's a game, you know, nice that you threw that yeah. one in there, Hod, because here's a game where two people picked one of the sides in the Eliminator Pool, Pappas Punishers versus the DFF. Um, we'll go to sort of what the league picked here, and that was a 90.9% selection to the Punishers and a 9.1% selection to the DFF. I can only imagine he's just picked himself again. Um and Sleeper's giving it an 82% chance Papa's way there. So you can see why uh, a few people jumped on, or what was it, a couple of people jumped on Papa this week for the win. Uh, not a bad selection there. Probably not a bad strategy to go against the the lowest team in the power ranking each week in the Eliminator Pool. Will probably uh, get you through most weeks. But let's have a look at this one. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, all playing on Friday night. So could we have a whiff of an upset if the WFT, the Washington football team, get to old Danny Dimes consistently. So, you know, if Papa's going to roll those three out and he has an absolute stinker, there's a flow-on effect, obviously, for Sterling Shepard there. And uh, the pitch count talk that's already been spoken about for uh, Saquon, it could uh, leave Papa a little bit nervous Nervous. after that game. Um, Yeah, and then the... I think we're wishing that into existence. Well, I'm not. I I think Papa's team's going to be uh, all right this week, but there is a world where I where that could happen. I am a Giants fan, and I'm obviously a realistic Giants fan. And there is a world where Danny Dimes absolutely shits the bed. Now, Ben, I just picked up. You've called him an old Danny Dimes at the ripe age of 24. Is that just because he's on Papa's squad? <laughs> is that why you've done the that? illusion? Have you had a look at the guy? He looks like he's about 40 years old. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he, he looked, wears some yeah. sensible slacks when he goes out with a team after a game. <laughs> Seems like one of those cats. Um, yeah, so then, I mean, even just quickly looking a little bit in the future for Pappas' team, that QB depth there. He's got Danny Dimes. He's got Tom Brady. Hasn't got much else behind those blokes. So, um, you know, we talk about, Scooter's quarterback going down last week. I think that there's a few teams that are that will be hoping that, um, you know, those sort of positions where we're a bit thin, each roster has them, that we're just not going to cop injuries in those spots there. So I'm sure he'll be hoping for Danny Dimes to 
play well this season, obviously. So Steph, he, uh, he'd, he'd probably need all his players to over-deliver, I reckon, if he's any chance to win this week. And obviously, Pappas to drastically under-deliver. Um, but yeah, Pappas players, all solid matchups across the board. Um, and he's always got his get-out-of-jail-free card with Travis Kelsey, who just hauled in another two touchdowns last week. The guy's a freak. Um, can't be stopped. So I reckon Steph's sphincter... Might have been a little bit clenched when he saw Trey come on <laughs> very early in the game last week and throw a touchdown. Oh, uh, yeah. But then, nah, Garoppolo straight back on. So I reckon that, um, you know, Steph, knowing him, he might overthink this QB2 spot in his lineup. He might have a bit of uh, decidophobia in picking his QB2, which for those <laughs> out there who don't know, that's a uh, it's a fear of making a decision. Um, so... <laughs> We'll move on. Next game. <laughs> That's enough out of that. No more phobias? Oh, I think we might sneak a few more in. Let's move on to Jim City Stallions versus OJ's legal team. So Jim 1 and O, Jake Owen 1. So an important week two fixture here. Taylor Heineken is uh, <laughs> out of depth now for Jake Heineken. after losing Delicious. Drew Locke for the time being. And, oh, boys. Jeez, we love talking about this bloke, but what a big flop from Stephenson <laughs> after an early fumble. <laughs> Rookie running backs and fumbles don't normally sit well with old Bill Belichick, but very flaccid times at the minute for Ramondre. Any, uh, anyone want to chime in with this one, boys? Well, I just think you've got to, early on in your career, you just got to learn to look after the cock. I mean, the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Betty, anything? Anything oh, witty in that mind I don't know right if I now. can top those. I, I was just... All I had in my mind was, is he going to get a new name, Ramondre Flaccidson? <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, we'll move on from that. Mate, you um, you got to have better ball security than that, Ramondre. <laughs> i got no, more if you want. Yeah, yeah keep, keep going. going. No, no, that's it. That's all I got. I only had two. That was it. Well, we've, we've learned on this podcast already, if you do forget something, we can come back to it. So, um, Jim Jim has the Rogers-Tonyan mega stack to close the game out this week. Uh, a couple of little talking points for the Stallions. Uh, is Rojo going to stay in the doghouse? Arians has already come out and said he's starting. We know that means absolutely nothing, whatever comes out of uh, his mouth. And Josh Jacobs, as we know, is... Injured with everything um, sideline <laughs> at practice today. So what I do have here, boys, is the reigning champ is not happy. So I have I have received a statement from the great man. And I'm very I'm gonna be very careful because I told him I'd read it word for word. So here it goes. <laughs> I, Jake Pantis, wish to inform the league of my 12 weeks notice where I'll resign my position from the Empire Dynasty League. On the eve of the 2021-2022 playoffs, the emotional toll it took uh, to will and empower the legal team to reach the promised land last year has broken me. It's broken me to the point where I feel disrespected being mentioned in the same sentence as all 11 league members. (laughs) I like to think my emotional resilience is as strong as it ever has been. But what I have come to realize is I am frail and too vulnerable to further compete at the highest level. I will, however, reconsider this resignation if the league votes me into the top thirdrant of the power rankings ahead of week three. Yours resentfully, 
Jake the Salty Snake Panthers. <laughs> so that is the statement from our reigning champ. He's taken a leaf out of Papa's book. He's not happy and he wants action changed. Well, any words on uh, on that statement, boys? It's big, well, strong. My, my first thought is we all know how fantasy operates and you have a poor week and then He's likely to come out this week and get a nice W on the board, and he'll be he'll be back the, he'll be back the big fella, I reckon. Be up and about. Well, he didn't. I, I wouldn't say he had a very poor no, week. He's he fine. Still as scored we well. On. So it's a, yeah, it's maybe an overreaction. Maybe that's the segment for Jake's he statements in the future. Was the fourth highest score in the league last week? So oh, didn't didn't we all hear about it? So we'll move on. Um, Johnny Unitas Haircuts versus The Grouse. And we'll call this the battle of the wit because these are two clever individuals going at it. The big question is, will Manny put a player in that second running back spot or is he better off taking a zero? Who would you rather, boys? Devontae Booker tomorrow or a big fat zizzer? Who are the options? What has he got? I'd almost take the zizzer because Devontae might fumble. Exactly. No, it's Matt a, Brader. You could go to turn to Matt Brader, turn to Kerry on Johnson. Maybe ooh, some big Jerry acquisition. Mm. I, um, yeah, I think he might just go for the zero point zero. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, if um, if we learn anything from week one, Ben, you scored a big one eighty burger with a zero dot zero. Mm. So mm. can be um, done. Keeney loves a big finish on a Monday night. We all know this. Keeney will be very nervous with whatever margin he may be leading going into the Sunday night football game with big Tyreek Hill. What a star he is. He'll be coming home strong for Manny, but even more so, Randall Cobb could bring home the goods on Monday night football, which is fitting given Keeney's lifelong suffering from the phobia known as Kalampoki phobia. Does anyone know what that is? You're an idiot. <laughs> Anyone? Oh, Decidophobia well, made more no, sense, but it, uh, Kalempokophobia, you say? Is it the is it the fear of divas? No, no, is it it's the, not. The, it is. You said Randall Cobb, yeah. The fear of catches, is it? Uh, <laughs> don't don't put that shit on me. <laughs> no, no, you're thinking too much, boys. Randall Cobb, the fear of corn. Oh. Keeney's always <laughs> been shit scared of corn, so. We'll see how that one goes for Manny. Hopefully, uh, Randall can bring it home. Um, Bikini, you must be happy with Smoke and Joe Mixon. He was initially freed from the shackles of the DFF, then escaped the volatile trade display at the San Diego Demons, and now rests easy at the grouse. He looks to be flourishing. How's he look in the yard? Give us, give us the word. Well, he looks, he looks good, but he's he's one like most of it that. Don't, I won't be falling over shocked if he gets injured this week. The guy has struggled staying healthy, but um, he looks like he's getting a big workload uh, in Cincinnati minus Gio Bernard, uh, which is which is positive week one. But um, again, thank you to the DFF for releasing him from the factory. I think that's probably the main reason why he looks so good. Um, obviously, that'll weigh anyone down being stuck on that that kind of roster. So no, we, uh, we we welcome him with open arms down at the grouse. No problem. Beautiful. There you have it, boys. Two big games this week. Who we got next? We do have the Bayside Executioners v. the San Diego Demons. And I will once again thank Master Bait and Tackle Fishing Charters for this projection. Um, Interesting, though, because the (laughs) the league has... uh, Yep, thanks, guys. The 
the league is thinking this one might be a little bit more one-sided than than what Sleeper currently has it. So um, Sleeper has this a pretty tight game, about a four-point differential, 57% to, to Scooters based on executioners. But the league, and as we've heard already with a few league members going in on the elimination pool with Scooter this week, the league's got this one at 73% to Scooter and 27% uh, to the San Diego Demons. So... Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think it'll be, it might be a little bit closer, but certainly, as you touched on at the top, Hod, there was some real, um, yeah, some real uh, crisis mode activity down at the Bayside Executioners, and he, of course, held a press conference during the week to address, you know, to, to the members that, um, you know, he's really struggled out of the gate, and he's got a few injuries, and it's obviously not the ideal start, and it's, some may say very similar to the the Green Bay Packers. Um, in Jacksonville, just getting annihilated against the, the Saints. And, geez, I enjoyed that. But um, <laughs> the other the other big thing is I just love how savvy this league is. You know, Scooter puts in a real sort of poo-poo platter, shit-the-bed sort of operation. And already the vultures are out. The vultures are asking him, Scooter, I'll have a slice of Aaron Jones. I'll have a piece of Alan Robinson. Just send some pieces my way. I don't even think he's got Aaron Jones, but it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I was about to say. I'm pretty sure Papa's got him. Papa's got him. But he's, he's got someone still else. still asking, Scoot. We're, we're always good for one slip-up of a player on this pod. Uh, but whoever it was, I think people were just, just clicking onto the Bayside Executioner roster and having a look what they could pick apart from there. But um, clearly the, the Fitzpatrick injury didn't help him, but i tell you what, it will be a bit of an interesting watch with his QBs going over the next couple of months or so. He's going to have to rely on on Teddy, who looked okay, and, and Jameis as well, who looked good. Um, but he's going to have to rely on those two getting it done. But um, who knows how long those two are going to be at the helm. For his sake, hopefully, it's for the remainder of the year. One thing that Scooter has done is he's attempted the the old Thais reverse Moz on his season. Um yeah, he firmly believes that the, the Bayside execution has taken the mould of the Essendon Footy Club. Um, and in particular, whenever they play at Buddy Franklin, they play him back into form, which he's uh, he's thinking might happen this week against against Camo. So apparently he's been on the text and to you, I think, Hod, and he's been saying that the prediction is that uh, the San Diego Demons is going to have a 30-point win. So we'll see how wise that prediction is, but... Classic reverse moz. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, looking at the eliminated pool, we touched on it a little bit earlier that if if uh, Scoot's gone the reverse moz there, Camo's gone ahead and just selected the Bayside Executioners, I can reveal, Ooh. as his eliminator pick. Uh, I asked Camo if this, in fact, was the case, and he had this to say. Once again, guilty as charged on that. So it's going to be an interesting... Oh, rev- we can call this the reverse moz bowl, maybe. Yeah, the old Dublé reverse, the Uno pickup put down. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting. And look, uh, we haven't talked much about the San Diego Demons, but to be frank, I think this week's all about the Bayside Executioners and Scoot. A lot of pressure on him. If he starts 0-2, then I think the Vultures can really come out and start picking their way through his roster. But uh, we'll, we'll wait and see how that one plays out. Looking forward to that one. Are you one of the Vultures by any chance? Maybe. (laughs) 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 Oh, now we move on to the match of the round. 
oh boy, wowee. This certainly is match of the round. The Park City Lions, the number one seed against the Prestige Worldwide. The number three seed, but gunning for that number two spot after huge scores from both of them in week one. The top two scorers um, and, and genuine league contenders this year, no doubt about that. I will refer back to the sleeper projection. And thanks for the final time for Masturbate Tackle Fishing Charters for sponsoring uh, the sleeper projections. This one, again, very, very interesting here from the league versus the sleeper projection. I think everyone's, and rightfully so, everyone's had a look at Ben and put up a league record, 187, and thought, yep, he's, uh, he's going to win week two. Um, sleeper sees it a bit tighter than that. Sleeper sees it as a, as a four-point ball game, 56% to Ben, but the league is all aboard. The Park City Lions in week two, 82%. No respect for Thais. He won't like that. 82% for Ben. Um, obviously, 18% there for the Prestige Worldwide. Now, I did tip, and we haven't gone through our tipping this week, but that's fine. I did tip uh, the Park City Lions, but gee whiz, I thought it'd be a lot closer than that. No respect for, for Thais. What are you guys' early thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I thought it would be a bit closer. Obviously, Matt uh, came home well and truly Last week with his scoring, having Darren Waller just copping 19 targets, I think that will help anyone when you're getting a point per catch. Um, I can confirm that Matt has just played it safe and gone the reverse moz on himself as well. Uh, mm. So might be another reason why it's a bit heavy one way. What a what a game this is. And I think Ben will feature quite regularly in match of the round if anyone um, can keep up with that squad. But I think I did go with you Ben and I just see that Sunday night game that it could be a could be the Rams Chiefs again do you remember that game where it was like 50 something Mm. each I reckon uh, Lamar and Mahomes could be in an absolute shootout and that was what uh, and Matt's got no lousy quarterbacks by any means um, but I, I just felt that could be an absolute shootout so this will be a matchup to watch for sure. If that is the case, good thing Matt's got Mark Andrews to rely on in that matchup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. What up to Steve again? Um, well, we could be turning into the the Empire Reverse Moz League by the end of the, uh, the yeah. Year, we've moved away from the Empire Modesty League, haven't we? Yeah, the Dynasty. Go- I mean, the Fantasy Gods or the Dynasty Gods. They both play a big part when we when we start entering into the season, but. As you touched on, Hot, a few really big matchups head to head in this one. We've got Mahomes v. Dak. We've got Lamar v. Uh, Allen. We've got Kittle v. Wallace. Some really nice matchups here. But um, I think a few of the league may, a few of the league members may have not realised uh, what an injury toll Ben has faced after week one. Obviously, with Jerry Judy going down um, and OBJ probably not playing or basically ruled out for week two doesn't have a heap to turn to in that third wide receiver slot. So he will be hoping that something gets resolved with, with Brandon Ayuk for the Niners. If not, there's really not a whole lot to turn to there, Ben, but we'll see how that shapes out um, as we go. Another, another interesting wrinkle in this game is that whilst uh, Ben has Jerry Judy and he's gone down, conveniently, Thais has Cortland Sutton, who should be a bit of a beneficiary for uh, that Jerry Judy injury. Maybe it's Tim Patrick, maybe it's KJ Hamler, but certainly Cortland Sutton gets a little bit of a boost there. And I've already seen he's uh, just put him in the lineup to uh, replace one James Robinson. So whether he sticks with that or not, we'll see. But I think the big talking point, it's not really a talking point, but gee whiz, for Matt, he he will need to be ahead by a fair margin um, 
as we close this one out. Ben is going to close the contest out with Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and TJ Hawkinson. So for mine, for Matt to be, you know, conservatively a, a decent chance, he'd need to be 70 or more ahead for mine, which is which is a big number. So that'll be nervous times as you try and reel him in, Benny. But uh, looking forward to the matchup and, and clear-cut match of the round. And maybe the number one seed comes out of this after the, after the winner. Ooh. What do we think? I think it's every chance that the winner becomes the the favourite for the number one seed. A lot at stake. Mm. Early days, boys. Early days. (laughs) I was just about to say the uh, the trophy is won on the week three power rankings. So I think yeah, I'll have to go back and see how many power rankings Jake won because that will fill me with confidence because there's a direct correlation there, isn't there? (laughs) All right, we'll uh, we'll we'll finish off here with uh, I reckon Hod. You've uh, you've been keeping your ear to the ground a bit this week, haven't you? Always got my ear to the ground. Have well, you got the? If that's the case, then little... I reckon we uh, we're due for a bit of. Always gets that's up and my about jingle. that one. That's my I, jam. I've, I've never known someone enjoy that song more than Hod does, ladies <laughs> and gents. I tell you what, he just he loves it. I Eric? love the classics. He and only, speaking of classics... The only, the only song you like a bit more than that is this one. And baby, baby, do it over again. That was a real long thing. That was a real It's your vintage, isn't it? That song? Oh, vintage. Vintage is my middle name. Don't <laughs> uh, worry about that. Now, speaking of classics, we've... Uh, We've got a little reoccurrence here. I think this is a trend that possibly we might hear from regularly. But Timos, he's back at it again, boys. He's he's a smart man because he's clearly worked out how to get some airtime on this podcast. So here is the latest instalment of Equations Are Timos's Best Friend. There's a new segment title for you. So what he's done, and, and I will just touch on this. Um, you know, we put in a lot of hours for this podcast. These two blokes more than me. Um, usually, but we sometimes wonder why we do it, you know, other than the millions of dollars we, we make and spend from it. But Masturbate and tackle in particular. Fishing charters, <laughs> they work. So we, we do sometimes wonder why we do it. And this is why we do it because we just get some juicy goss come our way constantly. And this is another, another one. So the DFF comes to me. He goes, do you want some material for the grapevine? I said, of course I would, you cheeky devil. <laughs> And then, so he's reeled this one off from Timos. Uh, I just, I love Timos. I really do. Jordan Love, Taysom Hill, and Will Fuller for the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, Zach Wilson. Immediate thoughts, boys. Uh, It's it's got a whiff of poo-poo platter for a good player again. What? Who was the little, who was the kicker in that one? Will Fuller? Will Fuller, oh, he, he's a he good kicker. Trade. He's, he's been, been in every trade single trade. And then Timos, now I am, I'm not speaking. My my bloody screenshots didn't load up for, um, so I am maybe speaking out of tune here. But Timos did try and then put it back on the DFF after he declined it politely. That oh yeah, you, but you wouldn't you wouldn't take that um, offer for five first for Ceh or some. Some rubbish again. He's trying to put oh. it back on the DFF. But I, I really liked what Steph said. And he, uh, he put it best in saying, I, I fully expect Zach Wilson's price to appreciate, not depreciate. So <laughs> I well thought said. that was clever by uh, by Steph. But again, we will reiterate, if anyone is getting any dirty, stinky trade offers, send them our way and you will get 
aired out on this great segment of the podcast. And clearly, um, he didn't he didn't get one of those Timos's uh, precision calculators for Father's Day, which we did uh, float out a couple of episodes ago. So, no, um, mm. maybe online online delivery may be an option for Timos. Possibly, possibly. That is uh, that's super gross. Stinky. Stinks. Uh, there we go. Another week in the books. Um, week one down. Getting excited heading into week two. Clearly, we've got a little bit more to uh, to work around in terms of what to expect. But I have no doubt there'll be some twists and turns in this week's matchups, and have no doubt those power rankings will shuffle all over the place when we chat about them this time next week. But uh, I'm pretty excited about uh, the heavyweight battle with Matt and I. I, I like the projections being close, and I'm, I'm hoping that uh, it'll be a good game going into that Monday night. What are your final thoughts, Kenny? Uh, you should be excited, mate. You've got a nice little squad developing there. Um, I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be uh, there's going to be some sort of upset that uh, brews in week two. Obviously, Jim was the uh, took down scooter that was upset in week one. I think there's going to be another big one this week. Not sure what one it'll be, but uh, once again, looking forward to week two and and uh, going through it next week. Hot. I tell you which one I won't be is the dingers getting over the straight cash homies. But I did mention we do generate millions on this um, growing successful podcast, but it is because of the likes of sponsorships like Master Bait and Tackle Fishing Charters. And I can tell you, boys, in lockdown, it gets lonely. And Reese Palmer and I have been on a few recent charters. And let me tell you, we snagged a few. Don't you worry about that. But uh, big... Big week. I am very much looking forward to the match of the round. Not a lot of not a lot of other matches there. Um, let's just hope Jim gets over the executioners. But uh, yeah, been a blast, boys. I got to run. Um, podcast over and out.